Hello everybody, this is David and welcome to the Helix Reviews Podcast. My name is David Arrington, bringing you reviews from a Christian geek worldview. And today on the show, we're getting back on the bandwagon. We're getting back into the the best of the decade list. It's been a, a couple months, honestly, since I, I did this, and that wasn't my intention uh, to, to leave y'all hanging like this, I guess, to, to stop that series right there. I meant to... Uh, I, well, I was hoping to get them all done last year, but the, when that didn't happen, I kind of let them go even further. But we only got a few more episodes till the end of the decade here, so we're going to go ahead and blast through these episodes. Today we are on 2013. I'm going to be talking about my top 10... Uh, movies and my top 10 video games from 2013, and then we're also going to look at the uh, the Game Awards and the Oscars for each of those categories, respectively. Uh, 2013, it looks like, was a pretty solid year in movies. The ones here that didn't make my list that I enjoyed, there's some movies like uh, Snitch, a great movie by Guy Ritchie. If you're a fan of Guy Ritchie, uh, just his great flair, his uh, his great dialogue in that movie is, is so good. The fun, snappy dialogue is really what makes Guy Ritchie movies uh, so fun. Uh, you got movies like Fast and Furious 6, uh, Monsters University, World War Z is fun, Despicable Me 2 is pretty good, uh, Kick-Ass 2, not as good as the first movie, but still pretty good, uh, Riddick, an attempt at restarting the Riddick franchise, which apparently didn't work because we haven't got any more since then. Uh, Prisoners, great edge-of-your-seat uh, drama, thriller kind of movie. Uh, Escape Plan is fun. Ender's Game is fun. Uh, Homefront. Homefront, a good Jason Statham action movie. Uh, you know, it kind of blends into the background, I guess, with all his other action movies that he does, but Homefront, I think, is is one that stands out as one of his better ones. I, I enjoyed that movie. So I'm just going to dive right into the top 10. My top 10 movies of 2013. And starting off here with number 10, I have Gravity. This is a great movie directed by Alfonso Cuaron. It stars Sandra Bullock as she is an astronaut. She's out in space and she gets cut off from the spaceship. She's just flying around in space like what I imagine would be like every astronaut's worst nightmare happening here and it's just about her struggle and her you know kind of powering through this situation and how all that happens some exciting intense stuff some good character work with Sandra Bullock's character in there and overall I, I really enjoyed it. a really good fun engaging story that that's just it's a thrill ride from beginning to end Number nine, Insidious Chapter Two. James Wan came back for a second Insidious. That isn't as good as the first one. The first Insidious movie is um, still the best Insidious movie in my opinion, but this one uh, definitely deepens the lore. It, it really kind of explores more of what's going on in this other world that they're interacting with and, and all this kind of stuff. They, they definitely explore the world and explore some things in Insidious Chapter 2 that are very cool and very entertaining to watch for sure. I enjoyed Insidious Chapter 2. Uh, number 8, Thor the Dark World, the sequel to Thor, and in my opinion, it's a step up from the original Thor, but uh, both the Thor, first two Thor movies there, all the Thor movies, honestly, are some of the lower movies in the MCU for me. Those ones are uh, some of my least favorite of the MCU movies, even though I do enjoy them and I do have a good time with them. Thor the Dark World uh, has one of the lamest villains in all of the MCU with the Dark Elves, but Chris Hemsworth is very fun as Thor, and the whole ending action sequence 
sequences, going through all the portals and everything is very fun. Overall, it's a very fun movie. It's a fun movie, a fun time, a good time. Uh, just one of the lower movies in the MCU, in my opinion. Number seven, we've got Pacific Rim. Uh, Gilmo Del Toro directing giant robots versus giant monsters fighting. I really enjoy this movie. This movie is a lot of fun. My only real complaint with this movie is that I just, I don't like the main character. I, I find the main character grating and annoying and I just really, I don't like the main character. I like some of the other side characters are fun and cool and the monster action is big, crazy, and amazing. But I just, I don't like the main character and that drags the whole movie down a level for me unfortunately even though i this movie is very fun and i've watched it several times and i always have a blast with it because it's such a fun movie uh, i wish they would continue this franchise i know they released the second one and the second one in my opinion isn't as good as the the first one uh more you know monster action and stuff that's cool but uh but i enjoyed the first movie better and i, I would like to see more in this universe, you know, but unfortunately it doesn't seem like we're, we're going to get that. You know, can we cross over somehow Pacific Rim with the, the monster verse that they're creating with Godzilla and Kong and all that? I think that would be cool. I think that would be fun. Do I think that's going to happen? Absolutely not. That's not going to happen. But I think that would be cool and I think that would be fun, which is two things that I just said a second ago. Number six. Iron Man 3. People seem very divided on this movie because it is a very kind of different movie in the MCU. It has a different feel and a different tone than most all the movies that came before it. And after it is kind of, you know, once you hit phase three is when the MCU even more started kind of varying up the, the styles and genres that the movies are placed in in the MCU. Uh, and Iron Man 3 is very fun. It's a fun, entertaining movie. This was in phase two. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun, entertaining movie. You got a, a poor version of the Mandarin, but it sounds like we're going to get the real version of the Mandarin in uh, Legend of the Ten Rings, Shang-Chi's movie. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. More Robert Downey Jr., more fun, uh, and, and just overall a good time. Uh, not, not the best Iron Man movie, but certainly a fun Iron Man movie. Number five, Star Trek Into Darkness. This is uh, my favorite Star Trek movie. And I know some people are going to be like, whoa, this is definitely not the best Star Trek movie. And this isn't even the best Star Trek movie in this franchise. And yeah, I guess so. Okay. But as somebody who my whole breadth of Star Trek watching is pretty much that trilogy you know the the J, two jj abrams movies and then i forget who directed that other one but then you know star trek beyond after that and i haven't really watched any of the tv shows i haven't watched any of the old movies much i've seen like parts bits and pieces of the old movies but like you know they they i remember people talking about that star trek into darkness had too much of a reliance on some of the old movies and stuff which i didn't see because i didn't see the old movies so i just saw this as a brand new fresh kind of movie i got a couple references you know when uh when spock is saying no or you know he's saying con uh i know that kirk said that in the previous movie right and so they switched that around and it's like okay clever twist either that or lazy twist i don't know but <laughs> i really enjoy this movie man con 
such a great bad guy, and Benedict Cumberbatch does a great job with that character, uh, making him menacing, making him villainous, making him this character that you wouldn't want to mess with, but at the same time, you totally understand where he's coming from and why he's doing the things that he's doing. That you, that they make him this villain that is very well balanced as a a good character and a character that in another movie could be the hero, quote-unquote hero, of that movie. But in this movie, he's the villain because he happens to be going up against some characters that we like, you know? So, <laughs> such a great villain there, and I love the cast of characters. I love their dynamic together. They're so fun together, fun to watch, and I just, I really enjoy Star Trek Into Darkness, and it, it lands on top of all the Star Trek stuff for me. Again, I know the Trekkies out there will be like, uh, no, and yeah, I'm gonna hand off the reins to you as far as which is the actual best one because I haven't seen uh, enough of them to actually be able to tell you. But Star Trek Into Darkness is a blast, man. It, it totally is. Number four, The Wolverine. Oh yeah. Uh, this movie is very fun. J uh, based on some of the comics that Wolverine goes to Japan and also some of the Old Man Logan-y type stuff. We never have gotten a legit Old Man Logan uh, storyline for Wolverine in the movies. Uh, but that's fine. You got some fun action sequences. You probably got the some of the best of Wolverine that we've gotten before Logan, you know? And then once Logan hit, we got the best of Wolverine in that movie. Uh, and, and just... A really good, fun, entertaining, but also a little bit more intense, a little bit more edgy. I don't know. I Saying edgy sounds kind of stupid, but edgy X-Men type movie. Uh, and ultimately, this movie is kind of the thing, I think, that ultimately kind of led to the, the Logan being the movie that it was and being so much more dark, so much uh, more down-to-earth and gritty and just... It's so much even better of a movie than this one is, but I, I really enjoyed The Wolverine. A very fun movie. Some great action sequences in this, too. Like, the, the train sequence where he's, like, clawing his way on the train. That's really cool. And uh, just, overall, a very fun movie. Number three. One of my favorite horror franchises right here, even though it only has two movies, kind of, technically. The Conjuring is my number three. Great movie. Uh, this movie has some very uh, strong kind of biblical themes in here. Definitely has a bent towards uh, more of the Catholicism versus uh, the, the, at least the, the Christianity that I uh, understand, you know. It definitely has a bent towards Catholicism, which I, I have some problems with, but uh, some, some surprisingly good Christian themes popping up in here for a mainstream horror movie directed by someone who's not a, you know, who's not a Christian, you know, and, uh, and just overall, it's exciting, it's intense, it's, uh, it is, it's scary, it's legitimately scary in a way, more so, I think, than, than most movies, horror movies that I've watched are, and, uh, the second one, uh, Conjuring 2, the same way, just a fantastic, two movies here. I, I love both of these movies. Some of, some of my favorite horror movies of all time. You know, if I were to count down, I'd say, honestly, I think The Conjuring 2 is probably my favorite horror movie of all time. I love that movie. Uh, this one also, excellent movie. And I, I think it does, it does a good job with a portrayal of, of Christians in movies in ways that, that most movies that have Christians in them uh, don't. 
Tom and Lorraine Warren in here uh, just being very genuine, nice, kind people that, that even when they see a problem that is completely unsupernatural related, they see that problem and they, they help them with it. Because there's like the whole sequence where the, the basement is... Uh, there's leaking water in the basement and they go and help him out in that situation. And, you know, there's some different things like that where they're, they're just helping this family in general and just being good kind of Christian people versus, you know, either crazy Christians like in a lot of mainstream movies and stuff or, uh, or just normal people that occasionally, you know, do the little cross thing that you do with your hand. I don't know why I decided to say that instead of saying praying or something where I could just tell you easier. Anyway, Conjuring is a great movie and that is my number three. My number two, a lot of, a lot of movies from, from good directors this year, man. Uh, The World's End, Edgar Wright. Man, one of my favorite directors, and this movie is just, it's so much fun, it's kind of, once it gets going, it is so hectic and manic, and just an absolute blast. The blend of characters here is so great. You got this this group of friends reuniting after a long time, and then they go bar hopping around here, and they gotta make it through all these 12 bars, but then, oh my goodness, everything starts going mental when the sci-fi stuff starts hitting and it is just an absolute blast it's so energetic and entertaining and the the dialogue is so great between all the characters and it's just it's it goes places that are just nuts and man I love it I love the world's end it is so fun so entertaining and just dude Edgar Wright's style he he everything that he makes he always has such a on point style where it always seems like that is exactly what he wanted to make and he made it exactly that way and I enjoy that that's what I like you know uh <laughs> so my number two is the world's end number one is somebody that I would actually say has that style kind of as well to a certain extent Zack Snyder knows what he wants and he knows how to make a movie exactly like the the way that he wants and oftentimes when uh Zack Snyder is movies turn out bad or when, not even necessarily but oftentimes movies like Batman versus Superman or uh, you know the Justice League movie is when or even a sucker punch from what I understand is when the studios really meddled and then when he comes back and he does his director's cut it is so distinctly Zack Snyder that uh, that I really enjoy it now I talked a lot without actually talking about the movie that is not one on the list, and that is the one that didn't need a director's cut, Man of Steel. I love this movie, man. I think it is such a great new portrayal of Superman here, and the the themes that they're playing with, with uh, fatherhood, and having having uh, multiple fathers of you know there's the 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 adopted father and then there's also the the blood you know genealogy kind of father that's in there as well and just th the way they played with that was just fantastic Henry Cavill is a fantastic Superman General Zod is absolutely fantastic in here just a, a great great villain a great hero and amazing action sequences that Zack Snyder knows how to get perfectly right and you know he if there's one thing he can do for sure it's make amazing action action sequences right that's like all 300 is basically this movie has some amazing action sequences as well and it's just it's a great movie man my number one favorite movie of 2013 is man of steel but 
contrary to popular opinion, my opinion isn't the only opinion to get opinionated around here, am I right? Uh, so I'm going to talk about the Oscars. I'm going to talk about what the Oscars chose for Best Picture and such this year. I'm not going to go through everything. I'm just going to hit some of the, the highlights here. Uh, so for Best Picture, the nominations were American Hustle, Captain Phillips, Dallas 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 Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, Nebraska, Philonia, Philomia, and The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, of these movies, I have seen Gravity. <laughs> uh, that's the only one I've seen off this list. Oh, 12 Years a Slave. Duh, I didn't say the actual winner. The winner of 2013's Best Pictures uh, was 12 Years a Slave. Of these, I have seen Gravity. And so I haven't seen any of the others. I do want to see 12 Years a Slave. That's one that's like I've, I've been curious about for a while. I'm also curious about Her. Uh, it just seems like such a weird movie that I kind of want to see it. Um, but, I mean, uh, you know, obviously what would I choose? Well, Gravity, because that's the only one I choose. There, there was probably a movie that was better than Gravity, you know, here. So 12 Years a Slave, it looks good, and I, I do want to see it. But I just, I haven't yet. Uh, but, yeah interesting year in uh, Best Picture nominees here, from what I can tell. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Lupita Nuango, Nuango, I'm probably mispronouncing her name, won for Best, for 12 Years a Slave, won Best Supporting Actress, uh, which is cool. It's just cool to see this actress that I didn't really know at the time, but now I know mostly from Us. She has a fantastic performance as the mother in Us, so it's cool to kind of go back here and say, oh, look, she was a fantastic actress back then, there, then too, and actually got an Oscar nomination. Kind of cool there. Uh, best Original Song, uh, of course, Let It Go from Frozen 1. I mean, uh, the year that came out, of course, that was going to win, right? There's, there's not much chance for anything else when Let It Go comes out. But Happy by Pharrell Williams from Despicable Me 2 came out. I didn't even know that was original to Despicable Me 2, but that's the, because I'm happy, do, 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 do. You know what I mean? There's a reason I don't sing. Uh, <laughs> that that song is extremely fun. I like that song. And also, I, I didn't know it was an original for Despicable Me 2. That's kind of cool. Gravity won Best Cinematography. That totally makes sense to me because the cinematography in Gravity was phenomenal. Some of those long one-shot takes of the camera flying all over the place, showing you Sandra Bullock, showing you, uh, I think George Clooney was in that movie, and, you know, showing some of the wreckage and stuff flying around. Some great cinematography in there that that totally, totally makes sense. Uh be, be, okay, best makeup and hairstyling. Uh, only got three nominations. The winner was Bal Dallas Buyers Club. Uh, also, Jackass presents the Bad Grandpa. Uh, but the one that I thought was funny is the Lone Ranger popping in here. It, but both that and Bad Grandpa. It's like both these are movies that's like these are absolutely not Oscar-y type movies, but now both of them have an Oscar nomination. It kind of reminds me of when Suicide Squad uh, actually won an Oscar. I think it was for makeup and hairstyling, but it was like, it's just funny that these very much not Oscar movies winning, you know, best makeup and hairstyling. Very, very interesting. Something else I found interesting, The Invisible Woman was nominated for best costume design. Uh, wait, what, there was an Invisible Woman movie that came out a few years ago? Like, what? What? That? Did that actually happen? Not exactly. I mean, technically, yes, but this is some period piece, and it's not an Invisible Woman movie. It's not, it has nothing to do with the Invisible Man or anything, or the Invisible Woman of Marvel Comics. It has nothing to do with any of that, and, uh, there's just some Invisible Woman movie out there, so, uh, 
Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> best special effects, I always enjoy this category just because it always uh, includes movies that, that aren't usually Oscar-y type movies. So Gravity was the winner, definitely. I guess a more Oscar-y type movie because it was in the best picture category. Uh, the Hobbit, Desolation of Smog, Iron Man 3, Star Trek Into Darkness, and The Lone Ranger all getting some Oscar nominations here. So yeah, yeah, you know, it, good special effects heavy type movies, but it's always fun to see those kind of things popping up in some of these other littler categories. So that's my thoughts with the Oscars there for 2013. Let's go ahead and move on to video games. What are some of my favorite video games? of 2013. This is a pretty stacked year in video games. You know, compile on this list, there's there's things that, that didn't make it that could have made it and all those kind of things. So, some of the ones on here, uh, DMC Devil May Cry didn't make it. Man, that's that's a that's a great fun game. Crisis 3, uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, an absolute blast. Uh, Army of 2 Devil Cartel, uh, Age of Empires 2, the HD edition. I mean, this is technically an HD edition, but this is the edition that I play. So, it's it, it, Age of Empires 2 is fantastic, man. If you haven't played that and you like that type of game, I don't even like that type of game necessarily, but that's a, that's a great game. <laughs> Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, uh, Remember Me, Saints Row the 4th, uh, Lost Planet 3. Lost Planet 3 is great. I really enjoyed that. GTA 5, like the biggest money-making game of all time. GTA 5 came out in 2013. This is a stacked year. Let's get to my top 10 list. Number 10, Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag. Uh, the pirate-themed Assassin's Creed game, very fun. This was my favorite Assassin's Creed game uh, for a long time until Assassin's Creed Odyssey came out and I played that, and now that's my favorite one. Uh, just the, the characters, the setting and everything of this is very fun. It's cool to play as a pirate, and this was like the first time they really impl implemented all the great ship mechanics in there that they have tried to evolve since then, but never to a great degree. Like, I think I enjoyed the ship combat the most in this this game, in Black Flag, and overall just a really fun, great game, uh, and, and one of the better Assassin's Creed games, one of the best Assassin's Creed games, in my opinion. Number nine, Injustice Gods Among Us, the DC fighting game that also happens to have a really cool story attached to it as well. I, I enjoy this kind of fighting game. This is kind of the uh, Mortal Kombat kind of style fighting game, uh, but just with DC characters, and it's a blast. It's a lot of fun, and the story in there is actually surprisingly cool as well. You know, when, when I think of stories in fighting games. I don't think of great stories, but this one actually has a pretty cool story. So Injustice Gods Among Us, very cool. Number eight, Tom Clancy's Splinter Cell Blacklist. Uh, my favorite Splinter Cell game by far and the main one that I've played. Uh, so that that helps. <laughs> but this is a great game, man. The, the fact that you can also play through a lot of these missions multiplayer means I played them with my brother, which is also an absolute blast. But the stealth mechanics and stuff that are in here are extremely fun. And being able to sneak around and take people out and assassinate people and get through environments with, without being detected or, you know, all different kinds of stuff like that. It's very fun. Splinter Cell Blacklist. Uh, if you're into the stealth type games, this is definitely one to check out. Why hasn't there been another Splinter Cell game since this one? Like, I'd, I want another one. You know, I want Splinter Cell whitelist or whatever whatever the next one is that's like this game but only it's on playstation 4 i guess 5 now uh that's that's what i want you know uh number 
7, Call of Duty Ghosts. Really enjoyed this. Uh, this is a fun game, but it's this is one, th one of the Call of Duty games that I actually haven't played the campaign of. This is review is completely based on the multiplayer, and I really enjoyed the multiplayer of Ghosts. I think some of the additions in there was great, and the, the fact that you could have a dog as, like, as one of your unlocks, you know, where you have a dog running around with you fighting, I think is so fun, uh, and just, you know, you have a dog, and then your enemy has a dog, and you have to be wary of that while also looking for the enemy. Very fun. Very fun. I like Call of Duty Ghosts a lot. That's, that's one of my, that, that's one of the better Call of Duty games, in my opinion. I really enjoy that. Uh, number... Six, Batman Arkham Origins. Really enjoyed this game. Uh, probably, probably second from the bottom in Batman Arkham games. I, I Batman Arkham games are just some of my all-time favorite games. Uh, this one is, I would, I'd say it's probably above Arkham Asylum, which is the first one, which is, is much more smaller kind of game. Uh, and then they really kind of blew it up after that, and I really enjoyed the big open world kind of stuff they were doing later. This one, uh, more of a spinoff. It wasn't just developed by the same people as the other ones, but I think they still got a cool story in here. They still got some cool villains in here, uh, with, with Joker and Black Mask and, uh, and... Deathstroke, yes, Deathstroke is awesome in this, and I, I just, I really enjoy this game. Uh, number five, Super Motherload. Dude, this, I, I didn't even know this game existed for so long, because, man, I played Motherload on Miniclip back in the day, a long time ago, whenever that came out, probably, I was playing Motherload, which is this game where you have this little ship and you're mining a planet, and it's a flash game on the computer. You're mining a planet, you go down, you collect resources, you go up, you upgrade your ship so you can get down deeper and deeper and deeper, and then by the time you get to the bottom, there's some big boss down there at the bottom, in the, <laughs> at the bottom of the game, which is, is, is great. I actually didn't know that there was an, a bottom of the game for a long time. I thought you just could go down endlessly, but then after a while I heard, oh no, there actually is a bottom. There's an end to this game if you go down deep enough, and uh, it's crazy, and it's cool, and I, I enjoyed that. Anyway, Super Motherload. Oh, I haven't even, I've been talking about the original. Super Motherload takes those ideas and upgrades everything. It takes all those concepts and just adds on them Layer after layer, you go deeper and you find substations under there that you can go up to there so you can go even deeper and work your way through all these different things. There's kind of a story going on in there too. That's pretty cool and interesting. And man, I just, and also it's multiplayer. So I played this all the way through with my brother and dude, it was so much fun, man. Super Motherload is just, it's, it's a great game that is completely unlike any other game that I play pretty much, you know? It's great. Man, once we're getting up here to the top, we're getting to some of my all-time favorite games in here. Number four, Beyond Two Souls. This is, I believe this is my first David Cage game. Absolutely love this game, man. Uh, also, it stars Ellen Page, which is kind of crazy. And William Defoe, yeah, also. That's crazy. Uh, but it's very story-driven, choice-based game where you go through, you make a bunch of choices, you end up with the story in all kinds of different places. You play... Uh, both as this ghost that is following around Ellen Page, but then you also pay as Ellen Page as she goes and does some stuff too. Very fun, very entertaining. I really enjoyed the story. I really liked the characters, and I really liked where it went with my ending and seeing some of the other endings and stuff too. I, I love this game, man. I think it's so fantastic. It's one that I should to totally go back and, and replay at some point and try to get some other crazy ending or something. I love this game, man. I, I like David Cage's games 
a lot, you know, and it's his his games seem to be kind of divisive amongst audiences, but I really enjoy them. And Beyond Two Souls is just it's a it's a fantastic game. I loved it. Number three, Tomb Raider. This is the the first in the reboot trilogy of Tomb Raider, new version of Laura Croft, new gameplay, new all kinds of stuff, and dude, I loved it, man. It's so much fun. This, again, this is my first introduction to Tomb Raider, really. I've, of course, I've heard of Tomb Raider, I've heard of Laura Croft and all this kind of stuff, but this was my my introduction, my entry game into this franchise, and it's fantastic. It's it, it, honestly, it's still probably the best of this recent Tomb Raider trilogy. This one, uh, unlike what I said about the Batman ones earlier, this one is more self-contained. It's a little smaller, but I think that helps it focus on the story and focus on some of these elements that it's doing and does really well. And I, I loved it, man. I, I hope I hope they make more. You know, they made their trilogy, and now I believe that developer is working on something else, but I, I would like to see another Tomb Raider game. Number two, and we'll get one at some point, I'm sure, but I would like to see another one in this series, you know. Uh, number two... Bioshock Infinite. Oh, yeah. I love the Bioshock games. Bioshock and Bioshock 2, absolutely fantastic. This one completely changing up the environment and and, uh, and the gameplay to a certain extent, and it, it works. It's... Uh, I, it's the gameplay I think is not quite as good as the first two Bioshock games, uh, but the story is better in Bioshock Infinite than in the first two Bioshock games. So a bit of a trade-off there, but absolutely fantastic. Uh, some great characters in this one with, uh, with Elizabeth, with Comstock, uh, with Booker DeWitt and all these characters popping up in here and the, the twins and stuff popping up in here. Absolutely fantastic. Fun gameplay, some crazy sci-fi weirdness going on in here and just... The, the parallel dimension stuff that they're playing with, mind-bending, head-bending stuff that they're playing with is just, it's so much fun. Great, great science fiction storytelling going on in here and uh, and, and very fun game to play. Number one, number one is my favorite game of all time, and that is The Last of Us. This game is is absolutely phenomenal. I've talked about it on the show several times before in different ways, but if you don't know, it's a zombie game, very story-based, story-driven game. It's a Naughty Dog game with they're known for making games with fantastic stories. And oh my goodness, this has a is a great story, has great gameplay, and it is it is so much fun to play. I've played it many times over and the the story it it connects you to these characters and, and kind of grounds you in this world and it, it pulls you along and it pulls on your heartstrings and it's so fantastic, man. The Last of Us, my favorite game of all time. Love that game. Oh yeah. Okay, for the the Game Awards stuff, what is now called the Game Awards was in, in 2013 called VGX and before that, it was called the Spike Game Awards or something like that. Uh, I mean, it seems like they, they moved the naming convention in a, a good, good direction with calling it the Game Awards here. Uh, but VGX this year, uh, which the Video Game X Experience probably is my guess. I don't know. Anyway, Game of the Year went to Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, hard to argue with that. Great, that great game. And... Uh, uh, now one of the biggest, most highest selling game it is the highest selling game of all time, from what I understand. So, 
good stuff there. Uh, but the other nominees, Bioshock Infinite, Super Mario 3D World, The Last of Us, and Tomb Raider. I've talked about all of these except for uh, Super Mario 3D World, which I don't really play Nintendo games. Uh, so that's why I haven't done that, you know. I'm, I'm And the whole platforming kind of genre and stuff is, is not really in my wheelhouse. One category in here I thought was kind of weird is Studio of the Year. Because it's got Naughty Dog for The Last of Us, Irrational Games for Bioshock Infinite, Rockstar North for Grand Theft Auto V, and then the Fulbright Company for Gone Home. So the only one that's different, like from the, the, the just the best of the year list, is the Fulbright Company for Gone Home. And, you know, they skipped out on Tomb Raider and stuff and, and 3D World. But it's like, it, it just seems like weird. It, it Naughty Dog won it for The Last of Us, but it's like, okay, why did they get Best Studio of the Year but they didn't get Game of the Year. Why didn't Rockstar North also get Best Studio of the Year? I don't know. I just I just find that kind of odd. I don't understand the, the purpose of that category, I guess. Uh, Character of the Year, though, uh, had some good people. Trevor Phillips from Grand Theft Auto V. Laura Croft from Tomb Raider. The, the brothers from Brothers of Tale of Two Sons. And then the twins. The twins in Bioshock Infinite. That's great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just some good characters this year. Now, again, how do some of these categories work? Because we got best shooter and then best action adventure game. Although I think a lot of shooters would be in the action adventure type category. Bioshock wins best shooter, but it doesn't win best action adventure game. Assassin's Creed Black Flag wins best adventure game. But, I mean, in the best adventure game, The Last of Us and Tomb Raider and Grand Theft Auto were nominated, but Assassin's Creed won? How did that win over these games that were nominated for best game? I don't understand this. This doesn't make logical sense, does it? It's it's strange. Very strange. Uh, best independent game is interesting, though. Uh, K Kentucky Route Zero. Never played it. Papers, Please, though. I watched Jacksepticeye Septic play it, and that was extremely fun. The Stanley Parable, I watched Markiplier play, and that was extremely fun. So I guess the independent games, I just watch people play instead of actually playing them. And then the winner is Gone Home, which I also watched somebody play, and uh, so I, I know what's up with that. <laughs> but it's, it's, I don't know, I guess uh, there is some games I've definitely heard of in here, but it's not from me playing them, you know? Uh, best fighting game in Justice Gods Among Us won that, so awesome, very cool. Best DLC, cool category here. Why isn't this in future ones? I think this is the first time we've seen the best DLC. But Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon, taking best DLC, yeah, totally. Uh, but also we got some Mass Effect, Dishonored, and Borderlands DLC in here as well that didn't make it, but I mean, Far Cry 3, Blood Dragon was pretty awesome. Speaking of things that don't make sense just a minute ago, we got best Xbox game and then best PlayStation game. Okay, Brothers of Tale of Two Sons, I think is an Xbox exclusive, so that makes sense to win that. The Last of Us is a PlayStation exclusive, it makes sense to win that. But then you look at the other categories, and like Grand Theft Auto V's in both of the categories. Tomb Raider is in both of the categories. <laughs> First off, how did Grand Theft Auto V not win that? But because we're obviously not going for exclusives. So it's like, how how do these categories work? How do these if the best if the if the best PlayStation game is The Last of Us, the best Xbox game, how is it not Grand Theft Auto V or Bioshock Infinite, which were both nominated? How is it Brothers of Tale of Two Sons? It's <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand. I'm confused. Uh best voice actor. 
We got uh, Troy Baker two times in here, one time winning as Joel from The Last of Us uh, and one time losing as Booker DeWitt in Bioshock Infinite, but he is everywhere. Troy Baker, if you look into video game acting, this dude is everywhere. Stephen Ogg as uh, Trevor Phillips from GTA V, absolutely, yes. And then William Defoe as Nathan Hawkins in Beyond Two Souls, uh, totally. Like, the, both Nathan Hawkins and uh, Ellen Page should be nominated. Let's see, was Ellen Page? Yes, Ellen Page was nominated for Best Voice Actress in here for Beyond Two Souls and absolutely should have been. Uh, didn't win, though. Uh, Camilla Luddington, who plays Laura Croft, didn't win. And then uh, Courtney Draper, who plays Elizabeth in Bioshock Infinite, also didn't win. Uh, Ashley Johnson as Ellie won, which, heck yeah, all right. A bunch of great character stuff in here. I always like the those the voice actor categories because it's always very much the focus on the characters and stuff, uh, which is great when it's good in video games, but it's, it's not always, you know? So these are pointing out the best of the best, right? Uh, best soundtrack went to Grand Theft Auto V when it totally should have went to The Last of Us, which was nominated but didn't win, but dude, it, it, it totally should have went to The Last of Us. Come on, man, come on. Best song in a game, though, going to Will the Circle Be Unbroken? Uh, for Bioshock Infinite. Absolutely, man. Yes. That's good. Yes. Uh, also, Survival by Eminem is original to Call of Duty Ghosts for... What? Is that is that true? What? What? Is my life falling apart? What does this mean? Anyway, okay. Uh, that, that's it. That was, that was all the things I was going to point out there. Uh, what do you think? What's your favorite movies of 2013? What's your favorite video games of 2013? Did I miss anything? Am I crazy for putting something so high up on the list? Let me know. Helix Reviews Podcast at gmail.com. And up next, we're going to be looking at number 2012 at some point here. Uh, not the next episode, though, probably. I'm going to plan I'm planning on watching Godzilla vs. Kong uh, this weekend because it's coming out this weekend for me. Uh, if I see that and then review it real quick before, it may come out before this episode, so this... This may be too late for this message to be of any relevance, but that may be the next episode. Uh, and if not, well, then not. You know what I'm saying? That's it for this time. This is David Arrington, the Helix Reviews Podcast, signing out. Bye-bye, guys. Uh, so, real quick, the list, number 10, Gravity, number 9, Insidious Chapter 2, number 8, Thor the Dark World, number 7, Pacific Rim, number 3, Iron Man 3, and number 5, Star Trek Into Darkness, number 4, The Wolverine, number 2, The Conjuring, number, that was number 3, number 2, I, I'm messing it up with the voices, <laughs> number 2, The World's End, and number 1, Man of Steel, oh yeah.